0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Hey guys, um, hey, if, you're, if you're a guest with us today, we know that the Sunday before Christmas, people are traveling. We have a lot of people that are already traveling around the country. Maybe you're here today and, uh, and, and you're just hanging out with us for a Sunday morning. I, I want to say... As well, first of all, my name is Luke. Secondly, thank you so much for, for coming to be with us this morning. It's a, it's a fun time of year uh, for us, and like Gwen showed, we had an awesome time Friday night at the Fireside Christmas, based on that trailer. I don't know if that was more like Star Wars or a Christmas party. I don't know. We'll just, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, but anyway, so good to see you guys. I'm just going to share a little word with us uh, today, um, but I, I do want to acknowledge that this time of year, you know, a, a lot of us have different experiences with the Christmas season, right? This whole month of December and uh, all the parties and all the stuff, you know, and all the activity and gift buying. And, and some of us, it's a, a really fun time. Some of it's, it's, uh, um, you know, b- based on past memories or experiences. It, there's a hard, it's hard for some of us, right? And, and I know that even, you know, with all of the, the activity, all the fun, it can be frustrating. One of my favorite memories growing up um, uh, in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. We have some Fort Wayneers here today, by the way. Okay, they're, they're obviously alone on that, but we'll just, leave, we'll just, we'll just let, let that alone for a second. Um, yeah, not many people cheer from Indiana when you're in Colorado. But anyways, um, one of my favorite memories of, you know, like the tension of Christmas, right? Just like the awesomeness and the frustration at one time is, you know, we had finished decorating our house, all the lights on the outside of the house, and one day we were in a rush to kind of get out, uh, to get out of the house and, you know, pulled the car out of the driveway. I was in the, the back of our little minivan and my dad was driving and, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was in there with a friend and, and I don't know where we were going, but we were rushing to get out and it was one of those things where our driveway kind of went along the side of the house and, you know, and he's doing the whole thing where you got your hand behind that passenger seat and you're, you're driving backwards and you're paying attention, make sure you're not going to hit any cars out in the street. Well, as, as he's backing out of the driveway, we're all kind of looking, looking towards the back. What he didn't know... Uh, was that the rear view mirror, like the side mirror, caught the bush, you know, that was on the side of the house, and all of the lights, the entire strand of lights that we just spent hours lacing intricately on the front of the house, upon further review, had been dragged all the way out to the street, just this huge strand of lights. And so my dad did what any of us would have done at that point in time. Christmas cheer has left the room, right? (laughs) So he gets out maybe a few choice choice words i don't know i don't remember what he said but i remember just this thing you know he takes the takes the whole wad right instead of gently placing them back on the bush he takes them and then he lunges a pile of christmas lights back onto the bush for the next 3 weeks our neighbors get to see just a strand of tangle just like, just sitting there wondering what exactly the decorating strategy was there. But I feel like that's Christmas sometimes, isn't it? That kind of summarizes the month, just a little bit of tangle. Anyways, um, there is really no point in sharing that story except that I wanted to. And so let's read the Bible now. <laughs> hey, let's stand together across the room. You guys need some blood flowing. I would have you do some jumping jacks, but that would be mean. And we're going to read. If you have your Bibles, open up to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'll give you a moment to get there. And while you're turning, let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you this morning that we do come into this place as your people to celebrate the light of all light that came into this earth, that came into this world, God, when we couldn't see. You came as light to illuminate all things, God. And this morning, we thank you that that light is here. That light is here, God. And even in the places where it doesn't feel Doesn't feel that way in our lives, even in the places where it feels a little dark or it feels a little unclear. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world, and you've been fully given to us today. And we pray for an illumination to happen even today, God, as we join you in your work on this earth. I do pray a blessing over us as we open your word and read your word. um, That. These familiar passages, God, would not lose the wonder. We would not lose the wonder of our story and of your story. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's read this. John chapter one We're going to start in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Can we read this last line together, starting of, We have seen his glory. Let's read this together. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Are you thankful for Jesus today? Yeah. Are you thankful for truth and grace? I love this word, truth. It's like the, the, the nuance of the word, it just means to be in plain view. He came in plain view. He came in just, just the high-definition image of God walking around on earth. For everybody that was curious what God was like, Jesus came. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I want to talk about that just for um, a few minutes this morning. Um, If you've been with us in December, I know a lot of people have been kind of in and out the last few weeks. We've been in a a little series called Among Us, and it's just this wonderful idea as we hold the magnifying glass on the incarnation, the God who put on flesh to walk among his creation, which he so loved. As we hold the magnifying glass so that, we get to celebrate and reflect on the fact that he came from above us to live among us. Does that blow your mind? He came from above us to live among us. That should get us out of the bed with just a little skip in our step every morning. I mean, that should make every morning brilliant. That the God who didn't have to leave where he was at, everything centered and and, and totally founded around him, he got to come down into a creation which he loved to be with us. And so we celebrate the God among us. And in this particular passage, John, as he's writing and just reflecting on on the word of God, who is Jesus, and the light of God, who is Jesus. Uh, he starts talking about the glory of God, that Jesus came to reflect the glory of God. And we, we have seen the glory. And what I love is he's, he starts describing the glory. What is the glory of God that's revealed in Jesus here? It's the glory of the one and only Son who came. The glory that Jesus came to show us is the glory of the one and only Son He came, he came. There's something about his coming, the fact that he was sent by God. It's a new kind of glory and that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He left a place of glory to come display a new type of glory that the world had never seen and that glory was marked by him coming. Not only did he come in the flesh, he came to redefine what we thought the glory of God was. Do you guys see that? And it's the glory of being sent. It's the glory of being on mission with the Father. It's the glory of a God who came from one place to another place. He was here, but he was there, but now he's right here. That's a brand new type of glory that Jesus was describing to the world. And John is saying, we have seen this glory, and it's the glory of a son who came from the Father. and He did not come empty-handed. He had two gifts in hand. He came full of grace and full of truth, totally willing to pour himself out gracefully and truthfully on a world that needed the gifts of grace and truth. You guys, are you grateful for grace and truth again? Come on. This is a good gift from Jesus here today. And the, th- the reason why I-, I think that's really important for us to remember that what Jesus came to do, what he came to show us about the glory of God, is that, I mean, obviously you've heard the sermons before about people's expectations, right? I mean, that's a a common thing when we start talking about Jesus and what people were expecting. People expected a certain kind of glory culturally, you know, as they were looking to the Roman empires. They were looking, even the Jews were looking to what kind of Messiah was going to come and what he was going to come and do. They had those expectations, and so he was redefining that glory, but, but he was also redirecting the mission of God on earth. And this is what's really interesting about this. Jesus single-handedly, as he would come to display the glory of God in a brand new way, totally redefined what the glory of God meant on earth. What he was doing, he was actually redirecting a narrative that had been woven through the entire Old Testament that would send the people of God on a whole new trajectory. You see in the Old Testament, all the prophets and all of the uh, the promises that were given to the people of God as God was making for himself a people on earth. Part of his purposes was to, to have such a concentration of his glory that the nations would come from all over the earth to Jerusalem and to Israel. And so they would tell, them, to tell themselves these stories that we are a people who, who, who are gathered around the glory of God. And God's intentions from the uttermost parts of the earth is to gather everyone in to Jerusalem. We're going to bring everybody in because God's glory is in his temple among his people. We are marked by the glory of God. And and you read this all over the Old Testament, God's desire for the nations to come in to experience this concentration, this center point of his glory. And, and, And just one example of that, in Isaiah 60, you guys have read this before probably. Isaiah 60, the promise, the prophet it says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Okay, and so so there's this whole framework as well, though, where The people of God are waiting for the moment when all the nations are going to descend upon Jerusalem, descend upon this this place, this pocket of God's glory on earth, right? But when Jesus comes and John writes about him, that we have seen his glory, the glory of the God, the one who came, it totally shifted the direction of what everything was happening. And, 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 And this is essentially what was going on. As the light of the world came, as Jesus came, to break onto the scene what he's doing. He made an announcement that a new day had come. No longer would nations have to come to Jerusalem to experience the glory of God, but rather, as Jesus was sent to bring glory, he would send out his disciples to be carriers of glory to the ends of the earth. And so while... Some of the prophecies were waiting for everybody to descend in. Jesus said, I have a new kind of glory, and that kind of glory I came to give to you, I'm modeling to you right now, just as I have been sent from the Father. I'm going to send you out. And he would echo this later in John chapter 20. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to get that picture of Jesus doing this, redirecting the mission, where before the uttermost parts of the earth had to come to Jerusalem, now Jesus says, you will go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And what Jesus was doing, as he was describing a new nature of God, as he was setting up a new picture of what God's intentions were, he was basically modeling. He was giving them a brand new experience. He was showing them firsthand. This is what God's intentions are from the beginning. Yes, he wants the nations of the earth to be blessed. But Jesus is saying, now I, my strategy, my plan is not to just try to get the news out so everybody gets in here. I'm trying to get my glory in you and to get you guys all out there. Yeah. To be carriers of the goodness and the glory of God. Just as he came face to face with us, close enough to look us in the eyes. He says, listen, I'm depositing. I'm going to breathe on you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit of God so that as you go out and as you look at people directly in the eyes, you're going to display the glory of God and the goodness of God in a way that they never knew was possible. You get to be the image of God in earth. You guys see the ridiculous plan of God through all of scripture to get his glory inside the people he loves so that we become the display of the glory of God on earth. Am I the only one excited about that here? I love it, I mean, because this is, this is the message, this is as we celebrate Advent, the coming, the arrival of the Messiah, we cannot forget what this means for us, what this means about God, that one of the, you know, there's a lot of things that we get to celebrate in this month about little baby Jesus, right, and, and all the significance and the prophetic imagery of what happened when he came, but let's not forget that when Jesus came, he was basically announcing, listen, I am the original missionary, I am the missionary God, I left where I, the comfort of where I was to go to a place that I loved, to get in front of people in a way that they could see and could understand and can experience in a new way. We're celebrating that God, as the great missionary of all, had a conviction in his heart, and that conviction led him to the people that he loved the most. He got closer, not further away. He did not make us come to him. He took the first step and came to us. That is so crazy and so unique and so Jesus-y, isn't it? He just doesn't wait around for people to come to him. He's a God who's on the move. And that, that should what that should do in this month is, as we celebrate them. He doesn't want to just be admired and appreciated as in, a, in a little nativity scene. He wants to get his glory into his people, activated for a mission with him on this planet. That is what he's positioning us for, to be seen as people, as the sent people of God, the Father sent the Son, and the Son sent the Spirit, and the Father, Son, and the Spirit send the church, his sons and daughters, to be agents of blessing and change and peace where there's no peace and hope where there's no hope, to breathe life into the lives of the people that we're lucky enough to get to see face to face. I'm going to keep going here. And so this is his strategy, he came as the, high, the HD image of God, total 4, 4K, whatever that means. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. He came as like the, the, a brilliant expression of God, that as he would deposit his spirit, he says, I want you to, d- to display, to be HD images of the goodness of God on earth. That is a good calling that we have, and and what I love about Jesus is his strategy here, like how he decides to change the earth. The first chapter of John, when we read it in the message paraphrase, for those of you guys who like the message paraphrase, I, I, love, I love the way this verse goes, John 1.14. The way he puts it is, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I think it's pretty amazing that when Jesus wanted to change the whole world, he did that by being fully present in one place. He could have come to the earth and did a ministry tour, right? He could have done a fully itinerant ministry. He decided to live his entire life in a land the size of New Jersey. Okay? And his strategy for changing the whole earth wasn't to spread himself thin in a million different places, but to be fully present in one place, to dig his roots deep in the place that he was born and the places that his feet would walk. He said, I want these, I want these relationships and these people uh, to know that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere else. I am committed. I'm going to dig my root deep because this place is good. And I think that's a good word for us today. Because sometimes when we start thinking about being sent to the uttermost parts of the world and to the sent people of God, it's easy to get so abstract and to say, well, yeah, I'll just, I'll just support some missions over here and some missions to the uttermost parts of the world. But do you guys realize that we are in the uttermost parts of the world? Is, any, is this Jerusalem to anybody here right now? I mean, I, last time I checked, this is not Israel, right? This is not Palestine. This is this is the United States of America. We are literally in the uttermost parts of the world, which means that we are just by being here on this soil, we are inhabiting Jesus' strategy and plan just to get good people in His glory all over the globe, and so He says. The, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Sometimes we take this instruction so metaphorically and symbolically that we forget the simplicity that he might actually be talking about something very specific. When, when the disciples would ask Jesus, who were my neighbors? What were they trying to do? They were trying to just figure out, right, who am I really supposed to love? Right? And I feel like in a lot of senses, we're still asking the same question. We still ask the same question to God. If he moved into the neighborhood, if he moved into a neighborhood that had a specific address, we start asking, "Well, God, who are? What is the neighborhood I live in? Who are my neighbors?" And I have something very profound to to say to you right now. What if your neighbors are actually your neighbors? I'll be around after the service if you want to talk about that one. Um, I I. I I think sometimes when we start we start talking about ministry and a life, and each of us are ministers. Some of us, some of us get um, the privilege and the honor to serve the church um, through through um, vocational ministry, where we're able to receive finances for that. But that does not change the fact that all of us are in the ministry, and we have we are positioned with addresses on this earth, literal addresses. And what if it was God's intention and God's plan for you to be moved into a neighborhood, a literal neighborhood, where you actually get to live next to real people that you can actually know a little bit about? And it's a challenge, I think, for us today, because if we were actually to look at our literal neighbors, how many of us know anything about our neighbors besides what, what kind of car they drive or what kind of flowers they have in front of their house? We live in an era of isolation. We live in an era where people are disconnected, especially out here in the suburbia of Colorado. And I think if there's ever a time where God wants to restore, the missional identity of his people, to not despise the places we live, but to drive every day into our neighborhoods knowing that we have been given a specific address, maybe according to the sovereignty of God, maybe to be a deposit and a blessing and a gift, to bring a gift full of grace and a gift full of truth and a gift full of blessing to the people that live actually the closest to us. We're not talking about abstract ideas. We're talking about literal, real people that we get to see every day. And God is wanting to, I believe he's wanting to reinvigorate us into this as we celebrate his birth. I think that nothing would please him more than for us to see the significance of what it looked like for him to come exactly to where we were. And then to send us, as the sent people, exactly to the neighborhoods that we live in and the places that we work. Is this landing for anybody here today? That sounds so simple, and I know some of you are like, wow, that was... I was expecting a little more than that. Neighbors, that's wonderful. But I'm telling you, guys, I'm telling you, there's a shift in our understanding. There's a shift in the way we see ourselves. And that is equivalent to the people of God being able to behold the glory of God in Christ. And know that his glory came from the fact that he was sent and obedient to the Father. He was sent, he was obedient to the Father to join the Father in his story and in his mission. And we are privileged and lucky enough to get caught up into the mission of a God who is jealous about the hearts of his creation. And this is what we get to do. We get to partner with this. And you know why this is a big deal? Because when we come close to each other, when we get close enough to speak truth into each other's eyes and to actually be Jesus to one another, it is it is a thing that adds it it shows a person that you're with, whether it's your neighbor or your coworker, whoever you're with, maybe in this room here today. When we're with each other in physical form, face to face, we're we're not only inhabiting the, the incarnational miracle that Jesus came to model for us, but we're able to say to that person, this, 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 you, your reality is valuable. You have dignity right where you're at. One of, the, one of the stories I love most about when this really landed for me, about 12 years ago or so, we were in Africa, we were in Tanzania, and we traveled to this little village about 12 hours from the main city. We, we hopped in a bus and traveled to this little village in a town called Mbeya, I think it was. And uh, we were going to do some, we were going to serve this church there. And uh, we got we got to the church, and they had this, you know, they had some extra rooms there at the church, and a bunch of bunk beds. And we, and we told them like, yeah, we'd love to stay with you guys. And, and we came in and got on the bunk beds, and kind of looked around, and agreed, yeah, this is pretty rough. Like this is deep Africa. Like legitimate. Like I went to bed with long sleeve shirt on, like buttoned up, totally, like you know, taped my sleeves because I was afraid of all the bugs and the spiders that were in there. I was like. I had this weird, I got this weird throat thing of, like a few days before, and I thought I had swallowed a, like a poisonous spider, so I was already on edge. <laughs> and so they showed me to my room, and I'm literally, like, we're in Africa. It's hot, and I'm going to bed just full, you know, every ounce of, you know, every, every square inch of my skin is just covered because I'm just like, this is, this is super sketchy, guys. This is, this is maybe not a place I want to be, you know. And then we'd wake up in the morning, And then there'd be, like, rat droppings on our bed, on the top bunk. Don't even know how that happens, right? (laughs) Somehow, you know, they're just crawling up the walls. And uh, we're just like, wow, thank you, God. (laughs) So that's exactly what we said. (laughs) Thank you, God. But it was amazing, because we were talking to the pastor. And I think what he was blown away by was, that we, stayed with, that we agreed to stay with him, that we came close enough and we didn't want to stay somewhere else we wanted to stay with him. And he, he, uh, he said to us, he's like, you know, I, I just, you don't know how much that means that you would come all the way to my village and all the way to our space and that you would come in and you would actually stay here with me. He said, most missions seems, you know, like stay at the hotel across the street. I'm like, there's a hotel across the street? Like, <laughs> Right, right, yeah, we didn't want to stay there. I mean, no, no way we were going to stay in the hotel across the street that was totally clean, that was totally clean and spiderless. You know, we wanted to stay with you, Pastor. And so I don't know exactly how that happened or how we got around that, but what he, he basically communicated to us was like, listen, you know, there's a lot of, you, you had options. You could have stayed in a safe place. You could have stayed in a clean place but you came close enough. And, and what he was really saying underneath, when he started peeling away the layers, we got close enough to stay in a place that he and his family would stay, and that his people in his church would stay. What he was saying to us is that like, you honored us by not keeping yourself above us, but coming to be with us in this place. And what, what it actually spoke to him was that we, we were able to model that the, the reality that, we, that they live in. Because we weren't afraid of it, we actually dignified it. And we said, God is... We're not afraid of this space because God is not afraid of this space. We're willing to come right up close to you, as close as we need to be, to live in your space just like the way you do. Then somehow in that, the humanity of the people that we were with was honored because we're saying, God Values you right where you're at, in exactly the conditions where you are. And the reason, the way you know He values you is because we're here, and we're not afraid of these things too. We're willing to be with you. Don't you love that Jesus entered into our reality in a way that He could get close enough to look us in the eyes and say that you are not devalued, but you are you are a good you are a good people. And He came face to face with us, yes, to live a life that we needed to see him live. And yes, to die for us and to resurrect and to give us new life. But somehow in this, we cannot miss the miracle that the God of the universe gets close enough, gets close enough to just say to us, I'm not scared of the reality that you live in. And let me just speak to your hearts this morning. Some of you need to know that because you've been trying to get yourself to God. You've been trying to get yourself up, and he's wanting to look you right in the eyes and say, no, 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 no! I'm right here in your space, in your reality. I'm sleeping in your bunk beds, eating at your dinner table, driving in the car with you. He's not afraid of the world that you live in. You're like, well, my world is busted up and broken, and I can't make sense of my life right now. He said, great, let's, let's, let's get in there right where you're at. He's not, trying, he's not just interested in the next version of you. He's interested in you right now. He's not interested in the future 2.0 version of you. The miracle of the incarnation, he says, I'm right here in the midst of it with you. That's beholding the glory of God. That's when we get to say, we behold his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the Father. And he's full of grace and he's full of truth. And this morning, can we let that in for a moment? A message that we've heard a million times, but a message that never loses its power because it tells us exactly who he is and exactly the kind of life we are supposed to be living And I'm praying my prayer for you this week. It's a couple different things. I'm praying for face-to-face encounters with Jesus. Face-to-face encounters with Jesus. And there's a couple of reasons why I would pray that. First of all, because when, you, when, you, when we behold his glory, we lose our ability to try to consume him and consume the people around him. We lose our ability to be consumers. When we behold the glory of God, we are caught up instead of asking God to be interested in us the prayer becomes God I want to spend my entire life on you. But secondly is this and this has already been prayed a couple times during the service here this morning. It's a tension a little bit in this time of year because we're celebrating the birth of a Savior we love and, 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 and we're all doing that in different ways. But I also, I also just want to help us become aware and maybe you haven't thought about this before but all the activity all the good things that start adding up over this month when it should be a a season marked by light and brilliance and total clarity an in invigoration, what happens is there's a spirit that comes to suppress us and to hold us down and to wear us out. We're supposed to be celebrating a God who was given to us full of peace and full of joy and full of love. And then we look at the way we live in this month, and oftentimes it actually looks opposite of that. We're worn down and beat down and depressed or discouraged, broke, the whole thing. And what I'm praying, I want to remind you, just as Gwen did before the message here, I want to declare to you that that is not the life that you were called to live. You were called to live with a cup filled up, full of life, full of life. And if if you are tired today, I'm not saying just stop being tired. I'm saying be full of life. Let Jesus, let the God who has fully given himself to you overflow into you so that we can overflow, continue to overflow, that this next week is not marked by tiredness but it's marked by, f- by, by life abundant spilling over into our neighbors, spilling over into our friends, spilling over into our family where every morning we're waking up in awe and wonder by the God who did not reserve himself but gave himself fully to us. He stepped out of his glory and came into the earth to display a new kind of glory. That is the Jesus that we serve. Amen? So let's stand together. And Here's what I want to do. We're going to pray. I want you guys to put your hand on the person next to you and I had this picture during pre-service prayer today of an overflowing that needs to happen here today and you're here right now and some of you you came in feeling bone dry okay maybe that's what you feel like right now like man I honestly I could pray for somebody but I'm not sure there's much there let me can I just remind you in Christ inside of you there is a spring of living water you have an eternal, bottomless well. The spring of life is in, inside of you in Christ. You have unlimited access to all things that you need. You have everything that you need pertaining to righteousness and godliness. I want to declare that over you and as you begin to pray I think some of you you're going to find you're accessing things you didn't even know were there and that's the point this next week as you begin to, to be full of life and to pour yourself out into others God is going to surprise you with new gifts that he wants to deposit inside of you so to this morning as we end this time the God who came to us, I want you to pray for the person as if you were sent to them. And yes, you were sent to them for this morning to add life and encouragement and blessing and dignity and honor and value and speak, uh, speak encouragement to their heart. And so um, together, can you begin to pray for the person on your right and your left and spill over the goodness of God that we all walk out here more aware of the glory of God than what we came in with? Let's go for it. an outpouring thank you for an outpouring of who you are to be experienced God not just talked about but experienced and father today as as we leave this place Lord God I I pray that our lives transcend just uh appreciating you and admiring you but this week god can as the people of god model a life of power and a life of love god that each person here leaves knowing that they are a sent person just as you were sent to us we are sent into the world full of the breath of the holy spirit i pray for powerful encounters god as we minister your love and your goodness as we look people in the eye and minister face-to-face with people, Lord God, whether that's an encouraging word, whether that's a gift that they needed, whether it's, it's giving provision to somebody who needs provision, whether it's a prayer for healing, God, whatever that means, God, we pray for unbelievable encounters this week, Lord God, that we would not get distracted, but we would stay in the mission of God that started with you and will end with you, Lord God. We thank you for your heart to draw all men to you. And it's in your name we pray, this morning. Amen. Amen. Can we thank Jesus together?